Welcome to the Status Flow Podcast. I am your host, Chris M. King. We are doing live coaching sessions with other humans, business owners on whatever has them jammed up, that has them stuck, that's preventing their business success. Today, we have Chaz Volk of Mr. Thrive Media, who is a podcast expert, somebody I should probably be hiring right now. <laughs> so, um, and I have no idea what it is that's uh, that's going on. So Chaz, how are you doing today? Chris, I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much for having me on your show. And, I, you know, we did talk a long, long while ago about us working together, but you took your radio experience with grace. You were able to adapt and create the show. And I've been watching it from the sidelines. Uh, just continue to connect with these amazing people. You've had some pretty incredible conversations on the show. And I'm, I'm pretty amazed at what you've done so far completely independently on this it's it's pretty inspiring so it reminds you. me of, it reminds me of when i was getting started um which is funny to say to someone who is older than me so <laughs> it's 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 funny you know it's it's anyway you're doing a great job seriously well i appreciate that thank you and and i'm going against the the grain for myself here normally i say outsource freaking everything um so there there will be a time when uh when this thing is most likely going to become your thing so i don't have to deal with it anymore so um so my invitation to you before we even get started is number 1 feel free to go there right i you know you know that this is going to be broadcast and and that we're doing this vulnerably that people are obviously we're identifying you if we go down a road that you think, you know what, this is something I'm not willing to share, we can cut that out. We can trash this entire podcast, but this is an opportunity for you to go really deep and really far. The deeper we go, the farther you go. So um, so my invitation is to give yourself the freedom to really go there, even if we get into something sticky, because we don't have to use it. So that being said, what's going on? Well, I love the concept of the show. I'm not sure of, of how many shows have that ability to to really dig deep and kind of establish that trust with its with its with its guests to get people to that vulnerability. I do like being vulnerable. You know, I've been a theater kid. I was a, I was a theater kid back in high school, and uh, got really keen on sharing you know deeper deeper emotions of time as time has gone on. But I think there's been something that's been popping up lately that has been very relevant to me that. You know, as soon as I got your email again about, you know, here's an opportunity to be vulnerable and to get out of your comfort zone and to talk about something in a professional space that typically isn't acknowledged. You know, I started to think about it more and more and I realized there is something I want to talk about because it does pop in and out every now and then. They say that uh, if you want car insurance, get the insurance before you get in the accident. <laughs> and I bring that up because right now, I had a really great morning today. I happen to have, you know, this today is March 8th, 2023. And I gave a presentation about my services and what I do and how I help people. And people looked at me a little differently in a better light, but mm -hmm. that's not always the case. And I tend to feel imposter syndrome. And I also tend to feel, you know, weirdly you know, against against the ropes, when people come up to me and they tell me, they just volunteer right off the bat, they want to mentor me. And it makes me feel very small in a sea of big fish. And I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about the kind of those main two things that, that kind of popped up, those two issues that keep on presenting themselves. Mm -hmm. And when people go up to me and they tell me that they want to mentor me, I, I have one of two thoughts. The first thought is, what are you trying to sell me? 
<laughs> okay. The second thought is, what have I done that makes you think that you have the expertise to even teach me a, a parcel of information about what I do? Uh-huh. And I don't mean to come across egotistical. Uh-huh. I, I mean, in the sense that I'm defensive because I've had bad experiences with mentors. I've also had some really amazing experiences with mentors, uh-huh. but I am very picky with who I take advice from. And uh-huh. that is a little bit of ego. I recognize that. For sure. I could feel your inner rebellious 16 year old come out right there. Yeah, a little bit. I could just see it. Like, what do you think? I I can't do this on my own or something. Because you're right in that when you ask that question, these are very valid questions, by the way. They they are appropriate questions. They are are completely reasonable questions. The energy that it rides on is where we need to go, right? Because the question itself is, oh, that's that's interesting. Tell me more about your desire to mentor me. I'd, I'd love to hear more about this. But that edge, right? That edge is kind of that. And I see it because I, I look at my, and I'm significantly older than you. It still lives within me too, right? That little like that edgy adolescent sort of quality of that energy, right. um, which just which is reflecting me. Here's an here's an area where I'm not locked in, where I'm not grounded. And you picked up on it. It's like it's triggering this insecurity thing in me. And I feel you because you are you're you're young. You know, you're a younger guy. And you're running in in a in a network that is that are mostly seasoned professionals, that are what I would call significantly older. Um, so I'm curious about the edge, really. Well, before I, there's a, there are a lot of rabbit holes I can go down. So let me ask you this: what sure. what would be most valuable for you here? What do you want to get out of this? So I can make sure I'm calibrating my compass correctly. The biggest thing is to relieve myself of the imposter syndrome I feel. Again, it's like, aside from just being young, not to mention short. <laughs> <laughs> I'm five six, man. I feel you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm five six, and it's like, oh, here, here comes a six foot five guy. You know, whatever it is, right? Right. Um, you know, Lyndon B. Johnson. That's how he dominated uh, presidency when he became president. So John F. Kennedy was killed, and for the first two months of Lyndon B. Johnson's presidency. He actually spent it cooped up in his bedroom because he was very scared to take on the, the presidency that quickly. He was the vice president. So it was jo- his job to inherit the, the the presidential throne, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And then shortly after that, if you go to the LBJ Museum in mm-hmm. Austin, Texas, you'll see that they talked about how Lyndon B. Johnson used his height to his advantage. And mm-hmm. he, that he that he would literally, there are pictures of him towering over people and leaning into their personal space to mm-hmm. intimidate his opponents in the political right. spectrum. So people can very easily do that to me. And I just naturally kind of feel a sense of vulnerability from that, I suppose. No one's ever LBJ me, so to speak. No one's well, actually. Be. Uh, no, I mean, I mean even, maybe, even energetically. Energetically. Right? Maybe not yeah. physically. They might not be physically imposing on you. That doesn't mean they're not energetically imposing on you. Right. That's true. So they're not physically doing it, but they are, right. yeah, psychologically in many ways. It's it's or, yeah. Or this is your internalization, your interpretation of what's happening that may not be accurate because clearly you have a trigger here. Yeah, you know. So that's tough. It's tricky, right? So something's triggering this imposter syndrome thing. Um, This is really easy to work with in terms of tools. I can give you any number of tools that to, and and we'll probably get to that, but I'd like to see if we can get to the core of it because tools can sometimes just be a band-aid, And then we do what we call the spiritual bypass here, or maybe even the psychological bypass. Like, where's this coming from, dude? 
Yeah. You want to find out where it's coming from? Yeah. So what's when was the first time you remember feeling like you were out of your league or that you had written check you you couldn't cash? Well, let's see here. My business my business now has been in existence for, since 2019. So it's it's coming up on four years now. Okay. Which is still newish. Which is pretty cool, actually. Right. I think the first time I felt, I'm going to call it LBJing, you know, I'm just going to say like, okay, the first time I felt LBJed or steamrolled or whatever mm-hmm. was um, probably from an attorney who's in my network. They are, they are, no, he, they no, 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 way. No. It goes way back. It goes way back before that. Guaranteed. Okay. Well, when, when was the earliest time you remember being LBJed as a kid? When you had just really bitten off more than you could chew and you felt like a fraud. No, I heard that. I yeah. <laughs> I, heard that. I have to, I have to, I mean, I have to, you know, go back. I have to, I have to really think about that. It's Does this have something to do with your dad. My dad. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Check in. Check in. Let it go inside. Okay. It, I mean, in. let's, it's listen, it's it's possible. I Did mean, it get out of your head? Go inside. Check in. I can be wrong here. But, Something triggered something here. Well, the only thing I can, you know, tap into emotionally is how my dad has made me feel. And I can tell you that there are times when it's hard, you know, like if, if my dad, my, my dad and I, by the way, have a very great relationship. Yeah. Um, incredible relationship. Mm-hmm. I can't remember a time where my dad made me feel bad about something I was, I was not able to do. I can tell you right now that homework was intimidating. I wasn't the best student. Um, okay. And when I thought being a, being a good student was everything as, as a kid, amongst other silly social dynamics as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I suppose I really wanted to, um, you know, be better at writing essays or be better at math. And math is always something that I was intimidated by. Math is an emotional thing that I've never been, I've, I've never felt great at. I, I feel stupid saying it out loud, but yeah, mm-hmm. that's something that I've always felt like silly about like when my friend today i have one of my best friends he will uh quiz me on shark tank trivia like he'll what he'll do is he'll give me a scenario he'll say three hundred thousand dollars for 15 percent equity and i'll be like <laughs> oh my god i have to come up with what that is and i i've been able i've been getting a lot better at being able to figure out what three hundred thousand dollars is for 15 percent equity for a okay. business assessment but you know ultimately in general with math i'm intimidated by it i've had when i was a kid i had tantrums over it Mm. Okay. So maybe I mean that could be something. But yeah, get out of my head and just. Point I mean, it's present, but you know, when generally in this kind of work, when it's like, yeah, it could be this, it could be that, like it, it gets really mental. You know the correct thing when you really feel it. You know when you go, that's the thing, that's the golden nugget, and and it may not even make a whole lot of sense to the to the mind. Cause we're not really dealing with the mind here. We're kind of dealing, it's more like energy and body. There's like a somatic thing happening. Um, so let me, let me try and slow down a little bit. I, I, sometimes I spin the wheels and I think I did that here. So um, just stomp on the gas a little bit. Tell me about when, when was the most recent time you, you had that experience? Give me a very specific instance of when you had the experience of the imposter syndrome thing. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I felt imposter syndrome. I think you jump in a net. There's not like a specific moment, but like when you jump in any like networking call and you hear about people, you hear people say in these different calls, ah, they're letting just about anybody into these groups these days. <laughs> I've heard that before. 
Sure. Many, many times. And my first thought is they're thinking about people like me. They're thinking about young guys who didn't quite reach the eligibility, but right. were let in because of their uniqueness and their demand for what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, I can tell you right now that, I mean, I even just came from a Troika right before this where, you know, I, I guessed at this one group, had a really great conversation. Uh, and I ended it by asking, what referrals do people want? There's, there's a more specific question I want. But the bottom line is I always feel the need to compensate and ask that question so directly because otherwise no one's going to recognize the value I bring. And that's, I know that's, that's the bloodline. Let me ask you something. Do you recognize the value you bring? I think I've been able to make some very qual, some, some great quality introductions and I've been able to provide some great services, but. Do you recognize the value you bring? Do you believe in it? Do you really like, I bring some heat. No, not yet. Okay, so why would they? Like, why, why would, would they recognize your value if you're not? Like, we can blame other people all day long for how they're relating to us, but you got to start with you. You got to own your shit. If you're treating me like shit, I can address that. And I have no business addressing that with you until I address it with me. Because if I'm treating me like shit, I'm teaching you how to treat me. And so it's like, I got to start there. Until I'm ready to own the projection, I got no business addressing you with it. Right. So what you're telling me is I'm not fully embodying or acknowledging my value. I'm not recognizing it, which means I'm not capable of broadcasting it. And even if you say it, it's not on the right frequency. It's not coming on the right wavelength, right? So it's not... You know, it's kind of like a sales pitch. It's not real. Yeah. You have a point. No, and, and, and I can dig around in your childhood all day, but I'd prefer not to because, you know, it's just faster if we don't have to do that. And ultimately, it's kind of academic masturbation. I don't really care where it came from because I'm going to treat it the same way, right? It's like, if we need to do that, fine. But I, I don't think we need to do that here. Um, get out of your head for a second. You do digital audio production, which means there's there's an artistic component here, which means there's a lot of heart in what you do. Yeah, that that's where I need you to connect right now with the pure love of the magic of what you do. Okay, and tell me what does that bring to the table? Because it's not even about you; it's the thing. It's the thing you serve. That's what has value. So, this isn't about you, right? Tell me about the value of the gift that's coming through you. Tell me about that. Well, I can tell you right now that. It reminds me very much of what Quentin Tarantino said when he was asked, how do you make film? And he said, you don't have to know any techniques. You don't have to know about which directors are the best or you know what camera mm-hmm. angles they use for whatever. You just have to love film. Okay. So, I really, so I really do love podcasting. Mm-hmm. And I love the people I work with. I've, you know, luckily today, I don't have any clients I don't like. I've, in the past, I've had clients I don't like. Mm-hmm you know, took them on, didn't qualify them properly, let them walk all over me. Basically, like you said earlier, taught them how to treat me, you know, Mm -hmm. with how I let them talk to me. So yeah, I've had clients that I didn't like before, but luckily the magic I bring, I mean, I, I, I don't know what to say other than I I really do love what I do. It's the first time I've ever felt independent. Right. This isn't about you. Look, I'm confused. Stop thinking about you for a second here. Okay. Tell me what's so magical about what you do. 
this thing, this thing that you do, right? The podcasting, the production, the creation, this is not yours, okay? This is coming through you. Call it God's gift or whatever, right? Call it your dharma, whatever. Like this is the the magic that's coming through you. Tell me about it. All right. Well, I can tell you right now that when people acquire my service, it's generally an intellectual decision. But okay. I think a lot of people stick with what they do through me. This podcasting is because I'm providing them an outlet for their emotional side. And, you know, they end okay. up introducing a lot of their personality in a way they could have before. They end up, you know, introducing these heart to hearts, kind of like what we're having right now. I'm sure in many ways, your show is emotionally connected to you. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I can provide a tool that has that ability to emotionally embody not just what they do, but who they are, go past the role and get more into identity. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. And what happens for them when that happens, when this incredible thing happens, what does that do for them? Makes them a better host. Makes them, Makes them a better people. host. Makes them more connected. Yeah. Right. So your energy is very different now, right? You're in a whole different place. Yeah. You know, this is a much softer space that you're in all of a sudden. And now you're more connected to the value of what you bring. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause it's the little, it's, it's our little tiny little egos that are like, I'm not good enough. Right. It's like, I tell people, I, I, I get this, you know, from time to time with clients where we get the, I'm not good enough imposter syndrome, that, that flavor of stuff. And I say to them, quit being such an egomaniac. And then they, exactly, they look at me just like that. Right. <laughs> you know, obviously on the podcast, nobody's going to see you, but I saw that face. <laughs> right, right. Like, what are you talking about? Right. Because like, we think of egomaniac as I'm God's greatest gift to whatever, right? But I'm not good enough. I'm an imposter. Who am I? Is the same size ego construct. It's just on the other end of the spectrum. Right. So, and this, I think it was, was it Marion Williamson? You know, it's like, well, who am I to do this? Like, who are you not to do this? Right. There's this thing that is coming through you. You're talking about connecting people with their authentic selves and being fully expressed. And that allows them more connection, which is ultimately going to bring them more business. Tell me again about the thing that the value of the thing that you bring. People are getting emotionally embodied in what they do. Right. I think a lot of services, it's strictly about ROI. And maybe that's why people initially come to me. But I'm that's I'm, all the head stuff. Right, right. But then they, you know, they get they get involved in their projects and they get far more emotionally attached than concerned about business dealings and transactions with it. And I, the bit the business success is a side effect of what I do. Right. It's the same. People come to me with any number of things. But what they get is very different. And, you know, it's so much more. You know, it's like, you know, the coaches even that work for me, I said, if you're not getting our, your clients a 10 to 1 ROI, you fucked up. Right? Right. So, and they're coming to you for a reason they can't even articulate and they probably don't even know. They're coming to you for authentic self-expression. They're coming to you to be connected to something deeper, to, to be connected to themselves. They're coming to you to... um to do all these things. They think they're coming to you to grow my business. But look at the vehicle by which that happens through the connection, through the intimacy, through the, the embodiment, through the, uh, the uh, authentic self-expression, through the connection. 
you know, and this is going to, you know, the, the physical world reality benefits. Yes, you're going to get better uh, employee retention, client retention, easier acquisition, lower cost of acquisition, better ROI, blah, 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 blah. Where's your imposter syndrome here? Are you kidding me? You're a fucking ninja. Right. And that's kind of the same thing too with us short guys. You know, we're not the, the big strapping man that people see come into the room. No, we're the short guys that nobody sees, which makes us assassins. Right. <laughs> and that's you. Right. So now look, you can agree or disagree with everything I'm saying here because it doesn't matter. My job is not to be right. My job is to simply look, here's one possible reframe of how you want to look at this. And what aligns for you? Because ultimately, however you choose to look at this is your choice. Mm -hmm. And if you're to be a good steward of your mission, you have the responsibility of making the choice, selecting the beliefs that align with that. Right. So the tool here is very simple. Get your ego out of the way because it's not about you. It's about the client. It's about the self-expression. It's about all of those benefits that we listed. That's what this is about. Your job is to articulate that. And if they don't get it, they're probably not your fucking client and you're saving yourself a lot of headache. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. And I, I, that, that was an interesting paradigm shift about being egotistical because, yeah, it's not about me. It's really about what it's doing for them. Well, the thing, it's about, you know, there's that there's that, there's that, that quote, people don't remember what they, what they what you did to them or what they did for you. They remember how you made them feel. Right. I really want my clients to feel like clients. And if they're not clients, they're friends. Right. I don't want them to feel like customers at McDonald's or some, some shit like that, you know? Right. It's like, this is not a transactional kind of thing. This is a relationship. Yeah. It's a relationship. It's, I think that's what I'm, you know, I think you just made me realize that's what I sell is a relationship. They have a relationship with the, the, the actual content that they're creating. There's an emotional connection to it. It's something that well, matures over time and gets and, better. And the way I see it, you are offering them a delivery vehicle for stronger, intimate, more connected relationships. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Like this podcast is the, it's not the thing. It's the delivery vehicle for the thing. Yeah. You know, that's what right. is the thing? Well, that depends on the client. What do you want? You're like, you know, like we, you know, this organization started, well, it's been through many uh, revisions at this point. And, and if, mm, three years ago or so, we were really offering flow. And it's like, well, flow is not what we offer anymore. You know, that was very short lived. Flow is the delivery vehicle for what we're offering, mm -hmm. right? Flow just makes it, it's, it's a very fast delivery vehicle. It's, it's a tool. It's not the thing. Right. So I think you have an incredible opportunity here. The podcast isn't the thing you're offering. It's the delivery vehicle. For what is it the delivery vehicle? That's up to the client. And that, my friend, sounds like is the value of what you're, what you're offering here. I think that you hit the nail on the head. Good, because I love being right. My ego is very happy with that. <laughs> Stop being egotistical. I told it, but look, I mean, look, we see ego like it's a bad thing. I mean, are you, if it weren't for my ego, I wouldn't get out of bed. It's got to get its cookies too, right? Yeah, fair you're, enough. You're fair allowed enough. to have that. You're like, yeah, no, I having a healthy ego is important. I do recognize that. I actually do think, in general, my my ego is healthy. But it, you know, like all people, like all, like 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 all cars. I'm going back to the car metaphor here for a second. You know, mm -hmm. it needs a tune up. Right. Might be working well, but doesn't mean it's working perfectly. 
mm-hmm. not saying that perfection is easy for me to attain, nor for anybody to attain. Mm-hmm. Judaism, perfection is considered a sin, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I don't think it's attainable. So, well, let's talk about perfection for a quick second. You know, yeah. generally, perfectionists have a very fuzzy definition of what perfection is. Hmm. And then it typically is a moving goalpost. Right. So it's like, well, what is what is perfect? They say, well, and they kind of give some loose framework. And then if I nail them down to something specific and then they achieve it, then they'll say, well, but it still doesn't have this, that, or the other. Like, well, wait, now you're just moving the goalpost, right? right. So um, Jen Sincero, who wrote uh, You Are a Badass and that whole series of books, she says, uh, you know what's better than perfect? Done. Done is better than perfect. That's <laughs> really like that. That's true. I build it now, fix it later, you know, right. fuck it. Right. And you can you can use another metaphor from film being that, you know, Blade Runner has has like four or five different versions of that movie out there. It's mm-hmm. a movie and I'm sure in another 10 years you're going to create like another maybe like 40 year anniversary since Blade Runner came out or something like that. Great. But the bottom Yeah, incredible film. But the bottom line is that there's the original cut, there is the editor's cut, there's the director's cut, there's the studio cut. And then they, of course, made the sequel. There's like, there's like, and then I think the director, I think the director has two different cuts. Look so, at Star Wars, like the original three Star Wars, like George Lewis, like quit fucking with my childhood. Leave it the hell alone, will you? Like, quit right. tweaking it. <laughs> Move although, on, dude. <laughs> although, <laughs> although you did poke at something sensitive to me because I'm a big Star Wars fan. I think that the <laughs> added, the, the add-ons they've, they've brought on, like these sequels and these prequels and the TV shows they've done, like The Mandalorian or Andor, Oh my God. Incredible. So anyway, that's a sideline thing. For anyone <laughs> who wants to know, I am a Star Wars nerd. So yeah. All good. So um, <laughs> because I'm all about tools, right? Because you got to make this stuff actionable so that it's not just mental. Um, here's the way to keep your ego in check is gratitude, right? Like, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging. Well, look, like I'm a ninja when it comes to parallel parking. I can put my car in, in incredible spaces that you would think I need a can opener to get in and out. Um and I can say I am God's greatest gift to parallel parking, or I'm so awesome at that. And that's very ego-based. But when I when I move into gratitude, like, wow, I am so grateful that I have a natural aptitude for spatial ability. Like I have, like, I can really do the Tetris thing. I can get my car. I am so grateful. That saves me so much time parking in LA. Like, I'm so glad I have that. That's a completely different construct. And you know, gratitude is just way, it's just a higher frequency than, than this other ego-based crap. So, right. so you can be in such gratitude for your ability to do these podcasts and, and use this as a delivery vehicle for the thing. And, and that keeps your ego in check and, and you still get to feel really good about what you do. And when you recognize that it's not about you, that this is the thing that's coming through you, well, that solves the imposter syndrome thing. Cause it's like, you are the chosen one, right? You know, it's like, like, I'm not doing this, not me. I was chosen to do this. This is my my thing. This is my jam. Right. Yeah, well said. Well said. Thank you, Chris. It's been really- well, that was easy. Hell, man. I like being fast, right? What else can I do for you, right? <laughs> I mean, what does that, can- I guess, let me, does that, does that provide value for you? Does that help? Does that, does that feel like it's aligned for you? And is this something uh, that you can practice? And if so, how? Well, yeah, let's go back to the root of the the issue is like when I go to a networking group and I hear someone say, wow, they're really letting in just about anybody these days. Or I'm getting steamrolled because of someone just treating me wrong. Mm 
whether okay. it's a sales call or a conversation with a client. Well, I'm thinking, okay. I'm thinking really specifically right now with an ex-client who- Okay, but is that a function of, of, of your lack of ability or is that a function of their lack of vision or understanding? I mean, I think when that client fired me, I think at the time it was a little bit of both, to be honest. There were All things right. that I- probably could have done that since then we've learned from and have fixed our, uh, licked our wounds and fixed our mistakes from. Okay. Great. You know, that's just a part of it, but it wasn't acceptable. Fail often fail fast. Nobody ever learned anything by doing it right. 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 Exactly. (laughs) You know, he's the kind of guy that if I saw, if I was in the same room as him, I I might give him a dirty look to be quite honest, just based on how he treated me. It's not how you talk to a professional. Right. But there's a nicer way. There's a nicer way to fire me without creating, you know, some kind of, pent up anxiety about the next time I speak with a client. Okay. But that's, that's your choice. If you want to hang on to this, right. You know, I say this to clients a lot, right? Like I have a client, he's what I call the miserable millionaire works with Avi. Who's one of our coaches here. Avi's great with the miserable millionaires and, you know, got, got the houses and the travel and the kids and the wife and whatever, and just miserable with everything. And, um, talking about his wife getting on him, like just all of her stuff. And I'm like, look, don't make her shit your shit. Right. That's her shit. Right. If some client's like, you're too young or you're not whatever enough, or you don't have a big enough network or you're, they're letting anybody in. That's their lack of understanding or vision, not yours. I get calls from baby coaches, you know, what we call baby coaches, which sounds really derogatory. It's not, it just means people that are just starting out launching their, their coaching practice. And, and they're typically younger. They're going to be in their, you know, late twenties to mid thirties. And people say, you know, the older generation will say, you don't have enough experience to coach. And they, same kind of paradigm, like they, they have the imposter syndrome thing. I said, yeah, you don't have the, the years of experience they do, which also means you don't have the hangups, blind spots, the stuff in their way. When, when I grew up, Evil Knievel was the coolest thing on a motorcycle and the coolest thing that could ever be on a motorcycle. And now you fast forward and you've got Travis Pastrata, you've got the, the X Games, you've got the Metal Militia. And it's like, look, the laws of physics haven't changed but our understanding of what's possible has. And these younger generation people grew up in a different world of possibility, right? which makes them way more capable and competent at solving complex problems because they don't have the limited thinking that somebody with 30 years experience does. Right. So again, am I right? Am I wrong? We, we could go back and forth on that all day. The point is you have a choice in how you want to hold yourself and how you want to hold this in your consciousness. And your obligation yeah. is to hold it in the way that aligns with what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. And that just boils down to responsibility. And if you're in your own way with some kind of unconscious psychological paradigm, get it the fuck out of there and move on. Right? <laughs> and what you've done so effectively is that you've reminded me of when these hardships come about, even in my personal life, you know, I'm thinking about like specific mistakes specific relationships that have gone sour have just aged like milk instead of wine i'm thinking of these specific scenarios where you know like i've i've had a tough time letting go of them you know there are there are exes i think about from time to time who have wronged me there are friends that are no longer friends who have played games and been toxic uh in the long run with these relationships i'm just thinking about it it's like okay what do they give me by doing that well they gave me a sense of their real identity this is about reframing now in terms of who they really are the other thing as well is that they gave me a lesson 
and gave me a lesson that improved future relationships and future conflict resolution. Right. They taught me how to be a better person in a way that was really uncomfortable. Right. Nothing happens to you. Everything happens for you. It's all for your betterment, your benefit, your advancement. It doesn't always feel good. In fact, transformation, real transformation rarely feels good. There's a book um, by the mm. title of Anti-Fragile. Anti-fragile. And yeah, Anti-Fragile. I forget the author now. Um, the premise of the book is that there's no word for anti-fragile in any language. And you have to understand how to define anti-fragile because it, most people would say it means strong or robust or reinforced or something. But anti-fragile, the way the author uh, defines it, is that things are uh, stronger after the event that breaks them. Yes. Right. So it's all about alchemy, right? How do I alchemize this? So, you know, when you, you know, I had a broken tooth that was fixed and, and the thing that they fix it with is actually stronger than the tooth was as a, as an original tooth. Right. So it's, that's, that's anti-fragile when we break something and glue it together and it's stronger. And this is true of relationships. It will break you and you will come back stronger, not more bitter, mind you, stronger, more intelligent, like very Henry Ford failure is the opportunity to begin again more intelligently. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's a beautiful way to hold it in your consciousness. Yeah, you know, everything's a learning experience, and somebody else's um, perceptions. You get to choose whether or not you want to receive and accept that, agree with it, disagree with it. You're too young, or you know, you're, they'll let anybody in nowadays. Well, that's your shit, not my shit. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, the art form of kintsugi. Kintsugi is a Japanese word. I, I actually don't remember what it means when you translate it into English, but it's an art form where they intentionally break um, a glass or a bowl and then they mm. actually meld it together with gold. So you see all these cracks and damages and blemishes, but they're highlighted in gold to really emphasize the beauty and the damage. Right. So that's what you're kind of reminding me of is the art form of Kintsugi. Uh, we're all just Kintsugi bowls, basically. Right. You know, your your tooth is Kintsugi. <laughs> right. <laughs> But if you choose it, right, it's, it, yeah. it all boils down to choice. It does. It does. But, you know, sometimes we come across these mental blocks where it's really hard to see what it did for us. Sure. Yeah, you know, and anytime somebody comes up to you and you feel that imposter syndrome thing come up, recognize their stuff is their stuff. The trigger is my stuff. Okay. They just stuck their finger in my wound and I can get mad at them and blame them for it. Yeah. But it's my wound, right? They're they like it's like having a sunburn. If I come up to you and pat you on the back when you have a sunburn, you're like, "Ow, fuck, Chris, what the hell? I didn't cause your damn sunburn. I just slapped my hand on it, right, unknowingly." Right now, I, I maybe I'm a dick and I did it on purpose. That's a different issue. But but ultimately, it's like, look, this is your sunburn. You need to take care of that. So, thank you for showing me where my work is to be done. Person who doesn't think I'm capable. Like I can appreciate that person for sticking their finger in my wound because now I know it's there and now I know where the work I have to do is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So your work is right in there. Every time that thing comes up, go, oh, that's my story. That's my little ego story. What do I need to do to take care of that part of me and go inside and be like, hey, whatever that part is, we got this. I get it. You're feeling a little freaked out. It's cool. We can handle it. Whatever. Right. However, there's a lot of modalities to do that. Sure. Sure. No, I think that's, I think that's a, yeah, I think that's an astute point that you made. I think it makes perfect sense. And great. What did I say? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Again, like I'm, I'm going back kind of, like, kind of the beginning of, you know, nothing happens to you. It happens for you. 
mm-hmm. when you get bruised, or in this case, you get a sunburn slapped, right? right? It just points out things you need to work on. You know, what's the medic, med, what's the metaphorical aloe vera that can heal, you know, these issues? Exactly. And so, that is your work. So, I mean, and here's another, you know, tying into the the second thing that was bothering me, which is the, the mentorship. When people come up to me specifically for mentorship, by the way, it sounds like a weird problem. People want to mentor me. That's a good thing. That's incredible. People are seeing what I'm doing and they are saying, wow, I want to invest my time into this guy. But I'm thinking back to like, you know, two years ago when someone saw what I was doing and they said they wanted to mentor me and then they ended up just selling me and then they ended up ignoring me. And I think, you know, maybe I didn't properly, you know, mourn that loss, but I really felt like I lost an exciting opportunity to be, to be mentored by someone. And now mm-hmm. when people come up to me with no credential of what I do and no, no experience mm-hmm. of what I do, I get like this real sense of like, why would I trust you? So maybe I, totally I, have, trust, that. Maybe I have trust issues, you know? Well, that sounds like a case of spontaneous conditioning where this one thing happened one time and then you created a story around it and now you're carrying it forward. And then that's your stuff. And, and that's yeah. easy enough to bet. Like, really, what makes you want to do that? Yeah. But this was good. I don't, I don't know if this topic has been specifically discussed in your show before or yet, but this was really helpful. No, this is fantastic. The, the imposter syndrome thing comes up a lot for a lot of people. We deal with it often. Um, and ultimately, it is a story that you're telling. And as one of my mentors said to me, Chris, if you're going to tell a story, it might as well be a good one. Mm. So you have a choice. Yeah. Damn straight. All right, my friend. So good to see you. Thank you for coming on. If you have any questions, let me know. Uh, and check in with me in a couple of weeks and let me know how it's going because you're going to get opportunities to practice this stuff. So I'd love to hear back from you. Awesome. Chris, you're the man. Thank you so much. A great interview. Thank you. If you are stuck, if you want to increase your success, if you want to fix some problems or achieve some goals, get on the Status Flow podcast. You can apply at statusflow.net. I am Chris M. King. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time.